Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, May 26th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that wants to say, Rachel, you got your wish. (laughs) The Oilers are out of the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> in another yeah. like shocking fashion uh oh man that what what a time i mean listen how hard can we laugh because the flyers aren't in the playoff but i would have to say pretty hard <laughs> it's, it's edmonton i should not feel this way because he is the best player in hockey arguably but sad Connor mcdavid is just a thing oh. to behold <laughs> it is it's like it's it's as funny as it is just truly sad it's just very sad. Wow, these playoffs are fantastic. <laughs> okay, okay. Getting back into Flyer stuff. If you want to know uh, and keep up to date about all Flyers things, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. Keep up to date with the Flyers, the Phantoms, and our podcast. We churn out five episodes a week, so you don't want to miss anything. And if you don't have Twitter, no problem. You can still reach us uh, via email at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. It is Wednesday, so of course we have our mailbag. But before we get into our mailbag, we have some Flyers news and some NHL news. Like we said, we have five episodes a week, so make sure you are subscribed, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Wherever you are listening, subscribe here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right, so yesterday marked the one-year anniversary of um, George Floyd's death. So the NHL tweeted out a tweet responding uh, about that and tweeted out Gary Bettman's some um, comments that he made, which we're not going to get too deep into that, but the Flyers quote tweeted... um, the NHL's tweet, and in the special like Twitter uh, font, um, they tweeted out, our aspiration to make hockey for everyone can only be are achieved if we allow hockey culture to be created by everyone. And they followed that up by saying, this last year has taught us that we have to listen, learn, and act to create meaningful change. The Flyers remain committed to supporting racial justice in our community and game. I thought that was very interesting, Rachel. I mean, before we started recording, we kind of had to go back and forth figuring out what the Flyers specifically did uh, to be that change in in the racial injustice within the city and just in the NHL altogether. So I'd I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this just as a whole. Yeah, uh, we also talked about the fact that they continue to use uh, inaccessible fonts in their tweets that cannot be read by screen readers for people who are visually impaired. So that's not great either. But as far as the message itself, you know, it, it just feels like another milk toast statement here. And they say the last year has taught us that we have to listen learn and act well how about telling us it's been a year how did you listen 
How did you mm-hmm. learn? And what did you do to act? And yeah, like you said, we were having trouble coming up with what they did to act. And that's the thing, right? Is that after everyone has tweeted out or, or a lot of businesses, organizations um, release statements saying that they are going to listen, learn and change, um, you know, a year later, we everyone's asking, well, what did you do? And and now's a good time to, to be gaudy and say what you did. Like, give yourself credit. Say you did this, this, and this. Or if, if a lot of the changes happened internally, like, say that. Like, show that. But the Flyers really didn't. So it's kind of, again, like, it just seems like this is just a fluff, like, very pretty words uh, followed by no action. I would love to be wrong. I pr- I hope I'm wrong. So I hope, you know. Yeah, if, the if Flyers, we're forgetting something, let us know. Please, please. Like, I want to be wrong. Like, I want the Flyers to be at the forefront, forefront of change. Like, that, that would make me very happy. But, you know, as two people that keep up with the Flyers moves pretty closely, um, the fact that we can't really come up with one is a little disheartening. So, I mean, obviously, uh if they're truly listening, learning, and acting, um, hopefully we see more change in the future. But this kind of rang a little bit, a uh, little bit false, in my opinion. Moving on to some NHL news, <laughs> right after the, well, not right after, the day after the Edmonton Oilers got swept by the Winnipeg Jets, a team we did say you should bandwagon. Wayne Gretzky uh, said that he was taking a step back. He um, took a step back from his role with the Edmonton Oilers, which was a little surprising, but not too surprising um, because he referenced like, you know, with COVID and everything, he really couldn't give the Oilers as much energy or or as much support as he wanted to or had the role that he previously filled uh, dictated. Then it came out that Gretzky was headed to TNT. Uh, the Post tweeted out yesterday um, that Gretzky is in the neighborhood uh, of earning $3 million uh, to be a broadcaster for TNT. So right now, um, TNT has Wayne Gretzky, Eddie Olchek, and Kenny Albert as their uh, headlining broadcasters. Um, so they'll be doing the um, national games. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Rachel? Well, I don't know. I mean, I have such limited experience with Wayne Gretzky as an analyst. So, you know, it could be very good or it could be terrible, depending (laughs) on his level of involvement. Now, I do know that he's not like a stick in the mud in terms of being Mm -hmm. stuck in the old ways. And he understands like how the game has changed over the years since he played. So he's he's definitely not a back-in-my-day kind of guy, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. But I, I just don't know what kind of energy he'll bring to a panel. I do like Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek. It's just they're not new names, and I was hoping for TNT there would be, like, just something new or something different. But it's not terrible. It's just, like, not something particularly exciting either. Yeah, I think I'm of the same mindset. I mean, Wayne Gretzky definitely gets name recognition to a lot of newer fans or fans who just passingly know hockey. So maybe that is a really good get. But I wanted 
something new, like uh, maybe stemming a little bit younger. Um, I, I really wanted TNT to go out of the box. And, and it so far doesn't seem like they're going to do that, which I mean, maybe, you know, you don't do that right now. You build a base and then you want to make some some um, new moves. But uh, yeah, I just <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny that Wayne Gretzky was like, like right after the Oilers uh, got eliminated from the playoffs was like, all right, well, I'm leaving too. And um, I'm just going to focus on my family. And then it was like my family at TNT. <laughs> I'm so horrible. I Like no Oilers fans listen to this podcast and they honestly shouldn't because I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. It just seemed very disingenuous. Like that statement that was heartfelt and I need to spend more time doing other things. And then the other thing turns out to be a $3 million a year gig on TV. Exactly. It really does. And speaking of that, I mean, the Flyers, they aren't in the postseason, so we don't really have uh, any locker rooms that we would have on any Flyers news currently, but I bet the Oilers one was uh, pretty intense last night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Last night and today. But locker room allows you to have the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. And we can't wait to join you all on the app, and we'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Flyers room is going live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So Rachel, the end of the month is here and I found out that I am like all out of my built bars and normally that doesn't happen. I've just been craving them all month. And so I'm doing myself a favor and I'm ordering my favorite apple almond crisp and peanut butter brownie. They are the two of my favorite flavors. And you know, if you don't like those, they have 18 amazing flavors to choose from. Truly something for everyone. And they taste just like a candy bar. And honestly, I feel like their newer flavors taste even better. Hence me getting peanut butter brownie. The best part though, is that they're healthy. Bilt Bar is great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. I can't believe that they managed to put together something that tastes so good that's also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And if you're on the keto diet, these will fit right in. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Rachel, let's jump into our weekly mailbag. So starting off, let's talk about the assistant coaches. Now, as of right now, it doesn't look like any of the assistant coaches are going to be let go. So do you see the Flyers maybe adding a special teams specialist to work on the power play or the penalty kill? I mean, it would have to sort of be a backdoor specialist, right? Because Michelle Tarion is still there, (laughs) ostensibly. (laughs) So I think the way that that happens is if the rumors are true that Ian LaPerriere is getting the gig in Lehigh Valley, that leaves a more 
behind the bench level assistant coach spot open and maybe that's where you can sneak somebody in and maybe they'll shuffle some responsibilities amongst the assistant coaches a little bit I really think that's the only way that happens yeah I think that's fair to say I would love to see someone come in that is an uh, a special teams specialist to work with the team I think I would go more power play than penalty kill but I don't know if that's that's something that could happen but um, I wouldn't be opposed. I, it sucks that it would kind of have to mean that Lapierre has to go to uh, <laughs> the Phantoms. But, um, you know, anything to get this power play consistent. That's kind of the mindset I'm going into next season. The Blue Jackets just let their power kill specialist coach go, which would be a, an interesting option. Very interesting. And honestly, I'm not saying no. All right, so it seems like we have yet to find that solidified 3C. Every year, it seems like the third line center is a question mark for the Flyers. Now, the Flyers have a laundry list of players they they potentially could get um, this offseason. Do you think that Chuck Fletcher will actively pursue a solution um, for at 3C outside of the organization? I'm not sure that they do. I think the other priorities they have are much higher. Now, if the... 3C happens to coincide with the magic goal scorer that they keep talking about, maybe they're probably going to rely on the Scott Lawton option as a backup and then look and see how Tanner Lazinski is at camp and kind of make a decision there. Now, that being said, they could go out and get somebody, but I I just don't think given the other priorities that it's going to end up happening. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I don't think that that is necessarily going to be something that gets filled this offseason. I could see them starting off with trying to find someone internally to fill that, whether it is a Scott Lawton or a Tanner Lezinski or, you know, maybe a Morgan Frost. <laughs> Toxic Danielle is back <laughs> trying to push Morgan Frost <laughs> as, as a 3C. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that maybe gets filled or addressed at the trade deadline um, into the season, just because there are other things that the Flyers need to focus on, in my opinion, before a 3C. Next question. You know, a lot of people are watching the playoffs, obviously, and comparing the Flyers to teams that are in the thick of it right now, there's a lot of glaring holes. So my question for you is, is Sean Couturier good enough to be the best forward on a cup-winning team? And if not, is there anyone on the roster with that type of potential? I think so. I think it depends on at what level Sean Couturier is playing. If it's Selkie winner Sean Couturier level play, absolutely. I think that as long as you have the right pieces around him, if he's the best player on your team, I, I think that works. Yeah, I, I don't know about this one. I I think it's definitely subjective to what you view as the best forward on, on a cup winning team. I think Sean brings a lot. And if he is the best forward on the team, I don't necessarily think that that means that the team is like cup potential. I, I, I don't know. I feel like they're like when you look at like Boston, you know, when when they are prized to, to make the Stanley Cup finals, is it Bergeron that everyone's really talking about? Or is it but is it Pasternak they're talking about? Or is it um, Tory Krug or someone like that? Like, I know that I feel like 
Sean definitely needs to be the the stability in the team, but I feel like there's more flashy players that are what helps get teams to the cup final and and gives them that push to to make it to the cup final. I hope I, I hope that makes sense. I'm not sure I'm explaining that right. No, it does. I think you need a one A and a one B guy that complement mm. each other that do not yeah. bring the same things to the table and are the engine that drives a team. So could Couturier be the one A if there's a good one B there? I think so. And I just, I guess my thing is that I don't know if the Flyers have that one B. No, they don't right now. And that's unfortunate because like you would hope that that one B comes from within, not someone you have to go get. All right, switching to some Phantoms questions. Looking at all of the Flyers prospects that we have talked about at nauseum, um, who is most likely to get Calder recognition? Now, I'm thinking of prospects that have not played with the the Flyers yet. Um, pick out of the, that group of, of Flyers prospects. So I can't pick Wade Allison? <laughs> no, you can't pick Wade Allison. Because I think he would qualify for the Calder. I would have to look it up for sure, but I think he would next season. I think given he would, the limited too. number of games. Yeah, I know. No, I'd, he definitely hasn't played enough to be Calder eligible. But if you want to pick him, give me a reason why. I just think he has the dynamism and the potential to score enough goals. You just got to rack up a lot of points mm. if you're going to be in Calder contention as a as a rookie. You know, I, I just I feel like that's the shiny object that the voters look at for the Calder. And I, I just think he has that potential to maybe rack up some points. To answer this question, honestly, I don't think that there is a flyer prospect that could win the Calder just because I don't think that there is a flyers prospect that could rack up enough points or be that much of a driving force in the flyers to get Calder recognition. But I, I think if I'm picking out of anyone, I think Tyson Forrester has the biggest chance just because he is a goal scorer. And I do think kind of similar with, with Wade, um, I feel like he ha- he could potentially get enough points to be in that conversation if and whenever he makes uh, the team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess I was just thinking next season only. Oh, gotcha, but, yeah. But I think overall, I, I think you're right that of anybody in the system right now, Tyson Forrester has the most potential for that. Rachel, we've talked enough about the Oilers and the the upset they've experienced uh, from the Jets. And that means the NHL playoffs are underway. And there's, I still feel like there's some more upsets that we have left. So now is the best time to decide what bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck each night. And the perfect place to go is to our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And there's not just the NHL. The NBA playoffs are underway. There's tennis, golf, soccer, whatever you want, they have it. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, so in yesterday's episode, we did a deep dive on Tyson Forster and Zayd Wisdom's season with the Phantoms. And so I have a question for you based on that. And if, you ha- if you're listening and you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. We talk, uh, we get some pretty good conversation about both Wisdom and Forrester. Um, and um, hopefully it'll give you a little bit of clarity on the premise of this question. So Rachel, who do you think will play first for the Flyers, Forrester or Wisdom? You know, I think I would have said Tyson Forrester right away before we had the conversation yesterday. <laughs> Thinking about what we talked about with both Tyson and Zaid, it's gonna really depend on what the Flyers' needs are at that time. And you very wisely brought up the fact that call-ups sometimes get used in fourth-line roles, and Zaid Wisdom is more adept at that kind of role. And so it could be that he'll end up cracking the lineup sooner just because of the needs of the team at the time but from a pure skill perspective I still think Tyson Forster has the stronger shot yeah I agree with you there I I think just with wisdom um like you said bottom six the Flyers normally need a bottom six player or they're more willing to to make room on the bottom six to give a Phantoms player a shot so I think wisdom kind of has Forster beat in that aspect I, yeah, like it just it truly just depends on the need. But just looking at, back at Morgan Frost and how not or how patient they were with him and because they believe that he can be a top six um, forward or center. I could see maybe the same thing happening with Forrester. So it'll be really interesting either way with both of them. I don't think it's it's something that'll happen anytime soon aka next season but uh, I've been proven wrong before so that'll that'll be really interesting if we do get to see either one of them next season all right moving on into some playoff questions so Sunday um, the caps were eliminated from the playoffs and a lot of on caps Twitter a lot of uh, conversation about Ovechkin and maybe this being his last game as a cap was said. So I have to ask you, how likely do you think Sunday was Ovechkin's last game as a Washington Capitol? Oh, I think he's resigning. I mean, there's no question. I mean, it could be another team drives up what they're going to pay him because they'll make him an offer. Uh, Several other teams could make him an offer, but I think he goes back. The only maybe... I don't know, two to 3% chance, I think that he does not play with Washington next season is if he really sits down and thinks about it and he knows himself physically and mentally and says, there's no way I can break that record. Then he might go back to Russia. Yeah, I'm on the mindset with you. I think that he resigns. I am surprised that that, that this is even like, a thing in Caps Twitter, but we love to see Caps Twitter be dramatic, um, especially when they're they chaotic, always are. Like they were. Yes, they are. They always are. Um, I think he'll go back to. I mean, he's going to resign. Um, I don't think that Ovechkin is like over. Like, um, and, and I've seen actually a good amount of Flyers uh, fans on Twitter say that uh, Flyer uh, Ovechkin to the Flyers, which that's definitely a surprise. I don't know how I would feel about that, but I think that he goes back to the Capitals. I mean, it's his it's his city, it's his team. He just invested in the women's soccer league in DC, so I think he's he's looking to stay. Another question similar to this with the Oilers 
um, out of the playoffs. Do you think that McDavid will request a trade? Oh, no. I don't think so. (laughs) Me neither. I think that McDavid will suffer in silence in in, uh, Edmonton. I think, I mean, out of the two between McDavid and Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel is definitely the more uh, vocal one that that I think would request a trade, which we might see this this summer. So we'll have to keep our eyes out on that. Lastly, who has been a standout player for you in the playoffs? Oof, I don't know. It's uh, when you're st- suddenly watching all these games for teams that you didn't get to see all mm-hmm. season. It's kind of hard to see like who's been stepping it up versus who is just being their usual self. I will say in that Winnipeg Oilers series that uh, Mark Shifley looked really good. I was very impressed mm. by him. Yeah, I, you know what? Out of all of the series <laughs> that are going on right now, I, I have paid attention most uh, to the Jets and Oilers just because it's going the way I want it to. Um, and I would have to say Connor Hellebuck, I mean... You know, I didn't watch the Jets a ton this regular season, and I know that people were saying that he was definitely keeping them in games, but to watch him and, like, how much work he has to do to keep them in games, I mean, I know that a lot of people say Vasilevsky is going to be the um, Vesna winner, but, I mean, I know they don't do postseason or they don't consider the postseason when they're voting, but Hellebuck has just been incredible, and... He really is the backbone of that team. So he's definitely been a standout for me. Yeah, I would say secondarily, uh, Huberto on the Panthers. You know, even though they're a little bit behind Tampa. I mean, I think he's leading the league in points in the playoffs right now. So he's just all over the joint, which is fun to watch. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Also, I would just like to say uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Definitely. I think Ehlers is always a a guy that I thought was really fun to watch. But I think without Line there, you really see how like how good of a player he is just on like how much he can drive on his own line. And and so he's another one I I like to watch. So no Flyers fun thing today. Honestly, I've been scouring (laughs) everything going on and I, I really couldn't find any fun news. Hopefully that changes in the future. Uh, but uh, yeah, none none today. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with a really fun installment of our Flyers fan look back. And this time it's with Sarah Baker and really good conversation. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We have weekly mailbags. So if you want us to answer some of your questions, reach us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers or Locked on Flyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help from our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.